Good morning, Gord McClellan. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Larissa. We are so excited to have you on the Mental Game Sports podcast today because you are doing something in the UK that I find so worthy of helping sports change and the culture of how we interact with each other, um, especially how we raise our athletes is so important today. So uh, thank you for being here. I am so excited. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's a, it's a real pleasure to join you. Oh, well, I'm going to take a breath now before I do your bio. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, you just just edited highlights. <laughs> well, I was really interested in how you, we'll get more into how you um, came about with um, being a CEO, with working with parents in sport, but you, you were a teacher, you've been a coach, you have a degree in sports science, You've been a was I think you're a director of of sport at an independent school in the UK, and oh, I'm very jealous you've been in New Zealand. <laughs> Gary, can I just put that out there, everybody? That's where I want to go. Um, you're yeah. an author. You wrote Sports Performance Parenting: Two Hats. You've written great uh, great sports parenting, The Pocket Guide. I think I actually found that one and read that one. Um, so you have two children. You are growing a business which is doing so well and it's doing well I think because you have a great approach um so thank you so much for being here today um Gordon McClellan on the sports podcast today so I want to know what is your favorite sport oh my favorite sport. yeah this is where I like to go like back to childhood. this will be controversial and probably lends itself well to the topic yeah. so my I guess my I played lots of sports, but my the sport that I probably did the best in from a performance point of view was rugby. Okay. Um, so yeah. at the age of nineteen, I had an England under nineteen rugby trial. As a nineteen year old at uni, I got paid for playing what you know level three rugby over here. So what would be division division three rugby? Um, and then I got injured um, oh, soon after, but actually. But also, well, reflecting on it, it took a while to get over it. I think probably as well in the in the position I played, struggled to make that transition from being quite a good youth athlete into what was in effect a senior uh, a senior game. Um, and so I ended up stopping playing um, at 22, and I got into coaching, uh, which yeah. is where the, the sort of whole story unravels itself from there. Technically, I should okay, be. Okay, I'm wondering how you play. Yeah. So, so the playing finished quite quickly, um, but did I really enjoy it? Is it my favourite sport? Not, not convinced. So, okay. I, I would, ne- I would never now choose to specifically yeah. go and watch rugby over things like soccer, for example, or if I had opportunities to go okay. uh, and watch golf or or do that, it, it, it would never always be high up on my list, even though it was. Then what I had a lot of coaching success in as well. So there's probably a, a, a difference well, there. You, yeah. Yeah. So if someone gave you and your family tickets to go to a World Cup rugby versus World Cup soccer, what would Gord choose? I, I, we will go to the football. <laughs> My husband would be like, rugby. <laughs> yeah, we we would go to the football, um, but it, it just shows you, and and it was my whole coaching career as well, and the success in that, I guess, was rugby as well. But it's um, yeah, yeah, not not something that I would say that you know. I mean, look, I enjoyed it to some extent, but I, I I wouldn't wax lyrical about it like I do about other things in my 
environment. That's so funny. Um, now, I, I we're here today because we want to talk about your expertise and how we can help athletes be their or parents can be their their child's best cheerleader, their best supporter, and they are the number one determining factor in a child's mental health and athletic success. Um, how how did you go from okay rugby coach now <laughs> to um, being CEO of 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 this now how did where did that happen did it gradually happen or no well so i mean obviously i did a, I did, yeah. had a huge coaching career which which encompassed so many different levels from being paid to coach adults to i guess elite under 18s to coaching a couple of national title under 13 winning sides to ending up at the end of my career having just as much fun with the under sevens and under eights um, so I'd, again, I'd, I guess I'd transcended from a coaching point of view in 25 years, every age group from seven to adult and everything in between. And, and you don't really think about it as you go through it. I guess it's when you step away from it, you then begin to reflect on, well, actually, right. what, what, what have you done? And then I became, a I became a parent myself, um, and when I was sat in my local village hall, little place in the middle of Yorkshire where there's probably more sheep than there are people, and my son was kicking, um, my son was kicking, a, kicking a football around. I was doing all the wrong things because I was on my phone and quite honestly couldn't be bothered with what he was doing at the age of three because I'd coached all day. So as long as he was active. And I got approached by a Premier League football scout. And it was like, wow. This is just amazing. Hollywood, here we come. Somebody thinks my kid's brilliant at the age of three. And I remember sitting there thinking, this is just amazing. How, how many people can I tell? This is this is just the best thing ever that somebody thinks my three-year-old child's going to be, you know, it, it's good enough for something like that. He's got to be a I, yeah. And I, I, I sort of, I got out to the car and then I suddenly, as I was driving back home, Obviously, I couldn't talk to him about it. He was three. But as I got, but as I was driving home, I then suddenly thought, thought, what on earth are you possibly thinking? You know, you've you've done all this coaching. You've been involved in sports science. You un- you understand sport, and you're now getting carried away that somebody's told you that they can predict that your three year old kid's going to be quite good. Mm-hmm. And so I th- I did what probably most parents do when they're struggling. I thought, well, I'll type into Google, how do you sports parent a four or five year old? I, I remember it vividly. And everything that I read, I felt was telling parents what to do, uh, what not to do, uh, how they're helpful or unhelpful, or how they're good or how they're bad. Um, and I just didn't like the, the the way any of the content was written. I, d- I didn't feel it gave people a chance to be self-aware, to, to maybe change behavior. To be- it was really factual. Yeah. You want yeah. to be more educational or look up and go i can do this i can learn this and you saw nothing of that okay yeah and and i wanted it to be more engaging and even if people disagreed with the content i wanted them to at least be able to relate to it and be able to understand it and work with it and you know all all these things that, that involve relationships with people are far more nuanced than saying well you're good or bad or helpful or, or unhelpful i mean i live and breathe this every day but i'm still an unhelpful sports parent if you look at some of the lists on occasions and actually it's making sense of of you know what our role is and and what that looks like so 
that's where working with parents in sport was born from and it evolved from being a sports parenting thing to to provide that support into then developing into coach educational organizational culture yeah. even working with the children now and and giving them a voice as a, a neutral mm-hmm. voice or an ex-teacher to to ultimately you know every environment's different every sport's different and the nuances that are involved in developing young people in 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 different places is right. is huge so yeah that that's where it that's where it grew from not not on the I had no idea about that not on the horizon what, what a cute story too because if someone told me that now and i've had that about my older kids because my older kids are 20 and and the other one's 16 and they've said you know your daughter's exceptionally talented i'm like mm, there's a lot of years to stay in the sport to even have her stay in the sport and then to become more technical and as you age 40 percent of 16 year olds drop out so I kind of did went on Google and I did the math. I just understood the stats. The chance of my daughter getting a scholarship or going on the Olympic team or any of that was like one in 400,000. So I thought I'll encourage her. I will support her. I will help her with her habits, her routine, phone. And this is how I got into what I'm doing now, right? With, so it's kind of how it happened. Um, but I started to see a lot of her and her kids on her team. The parents became obsessed. Yeah. Obsessed with their children staying and and outperforming themselves to burnout. And here I was going, your kid literally has to stay in here like a few more years. And then trials for Olympics are two years away. Like this is a long time away. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's so messy. Yeah, so messy. Look, sport's so messy, and it, it it is. And bizarrely, my son did sign a Premier League academy contract at the age of nine, so he has played Liverpool, Man City, Man United. So that scout who approached me at three did a very good guesswork job, so he, he hit the jackpot there. Wow, um, he was very attuned. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. however, um, you know, you, you mentioned those odds, and I talked to parents about this, about managing yeah. dreams and expectations. You know, when we're signing that nine-year-old academy contract, yeah. I'm then told that I've got more chance of being hit by a meteor than him playing Premier League football for that team. Well, I'm not going to tell my child that because I want to support what he right. wants to do, yeah. but I am also the adult in the experience, and at no point... If I offered those odds to anybody around giving up their house or their business or anything else, mm-hmm. would they say, God, you know, and I joke in workshops, you'd be all out of the room saying, well, who's that idiot that we're talking to from North Yorkshire? But there's something about the power of sport that that sucks everybody in, the way it's beamed into our houses, the success stories and everything else. And yes, of course, we can think that our kid's different and we've got the one, but the statistics still don't lie. Um, and I hope you That's do. What I, I wanted I, the math, Gord. I wanted yeah. the math yeah. to, to, to not just ground me. I mean, I was pretty grounded already because I knew being an athlete and having from a family of athletes that what it takes to get to this level by 18 is substantial mental discipline, focus, and you need very supportive, not critical parents. Yeah, I, I need to. Yeah. 
you need a lot of luck as well, and 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 you need to get through. You need to go through puberty, and you need to go through oh, all the changes, all the other things that are going to go on. Maybe find a great coach at some point. Have a bit of luck with a selection. Um, the, 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 it, it's so messy, you know. If we could, if we could bottle up how we create elite athletes, we wouldn't be sat here today. We'd be in the Bahamas exactly. if we could bottle it up. If so, there was a magic formula, yeah, and every child would be going beast mode and making it into professional sport. And that's what makes this so interesting when you look at those numbers. I think one in 490,000 kids make it to the NHL in Canada, yet every parent is willing to spend 20 grand a year to get their kid to the next level. And but you know, but if but you know, if that's what our children want to do, and children want to dream and they want to do that, we support that dream. And I would never dream of telling my son that those are the odds and i would never dream of having those dialogues dialogues with him i mean it, it, i mean going back there you say you know people pay the money and the expect so we've got to be really careful that just because we commit the money and the time in sport that we don't see it as an investment because that there can't be a return on your investment because children aren't commodities they're human beings right. um we can't guarantee an outcome if you're looking for a specific outcome like a selection for the olympics or a, a professional contract so there's got to be I a agree. much wider wider meaning to why we invest that time and the money and the lessons that our kids learn as they go through right i those are priceless i think do you think um i should say that i find that when i'm working with a lot of parents like well i've invested this much money and so why isn't my kid here or yep. why isn't my kid getting the playing time? So I think as they justify getting out that credit card and putting down drills, an extra coach, dry land strategy, even now we're adding in mental coaching and all those things, and they're still not reaching another level, parents, almost it's almost like they feel angry. And then I think a lot of them are transferring their anger to their son or daughter. And this is where we see a lot of the problem in sport. They go and complain to the organization. Why isn't my child here? And then they hear from the coach saying, well, your child actually doesn't really seem to want to be here. And they're like, so it adds, pre you know, and that, then it applies pressure in the wrong way, which doesn't work in the development of, uh, of young sports people. And, you know, the management of those expectations. And as to say, I think, if you are committing money to any program, no one can guarantee you elite status. Don't let anybody sell you that they've got the solution because they haven't. If you choose to do that because you want that or your child wants that, I think that's great, but there's got to be a far bigger meaning to why, why you're doing it. And actually the building blocks for your kid, the, the skills they can learn, uh, are, you've got to equip them with those while you go, so that that you are getting a return on your investment. But it's probably not the return that that it's you necessarily are not thinking yeah. about, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, how does um how would uh let's say you have a football association? How would your organization help the that football league or association? How what would that look like? Yeah, so I mean, we, we we've seen with all this work that you you know you can't work in silos. Everybody's got a got a role to play in it. So we spend time working with management, club structures around you know what does a positive parent culture look like? What are the values, the messaging, 
um, that we're trying to sell to people. Because obviously you've got to manage expectations as well. You know, you, you can't ramp it up and say well, this is... You give everybody a genie bottle. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't work. So we, we start with that side. But then, of course, it, it, it requires coaches to be gatekeepers of that wider culture not in the coaching styles or or how they coach but certainly in the messaging the things that the parents are seeing the things that the kids are seeing uh, the approaches that they have so we need to provide coach education coach education is lacking in things like well how do we have difficult conversations with parents dealing with disagreements how, how are we working together in the best interests of the children so we do the coach ed stuff we then provide huge amounts of parent support to parents on the ground who have maybe invested this money at uh, different stages of the journey. And, and we go from recreational all the way up to international um, Olympians and their parents who we were with at, at the top end of, yep. of performance programs. And then we started doing the kids as well because, you know, the children's voice is going to become more prevalent but that doesn't mean kids are taking over so we don't need to panic about that but we need to have some common sense that children are part of that journey give them a chance to yeah, talk. they're in the ecosystem yeah they, they're in they're, they're part of the branch that needs to be educated and and helped and encouraged and supported because even if they leave their sport or continue in their sport we have to use sports as a vehicle to teach mental skills social skills learning how to get along make friends yeah, right. There's so many other ways in which we can use sports to help children develop. And that's what a lot of parents, a lot of parents uh, forget when their child is there in that playoff game or but, wanting but to. What, what, but, what, but what we also know at the top end of sport now is that, okay, you've done all this stuff as your children are developing. But actually, when they get to a level where everybody's good, because that's the level you get to. Yeah. You haven't understood how you've been successful, why you've been successful, and you haven't developed skills like your commitment, your determination, your resilience, your adaptability, your self-organization, your ability to communicate and seek support. Well, you're going to drop down then anyway. See, you may have provided some short-term solutions, but actually, even then at the top end, you haven't provided the building block. So, you know, and that's me, what we take win-win. over, right, and help them with their their mental skills and all that prep. And and like win-win. you, win-win. You can't you can't lose with it with with that approach because it'll lead to the best outcomes anyway, and give them the best chance of uh, the best chance of doing that. You know, it's a village. I I really am finding it's almost like a village. Well, no matter where I go in a school system, wherever we go into a sports system, it's still the same three-pronged ecosystem approach where we educate much like yours. So it's a it's a culture change. It's a yeah. lead to culture change. And I love what you're doing. Um, what was the last book? You really showed me a really cute way of, of editing the book. What was the last one that you guys have published and put out? Yeah, so we, we just started. A, it's called Sports Performance Parenting. Um, and it's uh, it accompanies our sports performance parenting workshops. Um, looks at a number of, of I guess key topics, you know, around I guess match days, competitions, general introductions to sports performance parenting, how it can be a challenge being a parent, parent, and a sporting parent, and making sense of that. You know, sports parenting, the teenage brain, you know, which throws up its own challenges. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm there right now. Yeah, I'll say it. and that changes from when they were they were young kids. You know, um, uh, beyond the badge and their identity, how parents manage disappointment with the kids, and all these topics. The those we, are great. We brought it to life because we were massively supported by the sports community who gave up time. So we've got interviews with Olympians, with professional sports people who explained about them growing up in sport and what mum and dad were like and how they helped them and how they didn't help them. But also we spoke to mum and dad about their experiences of going through it and things that they would pass on to today's parent. And as with all our products, We've left them very much where they can be customized by the sports that we work with. They can make changes to them, adapt them, because it's got to land on the ground. It's got to have meaning. It's no good to work. You can make it for like, um, like a football book. Yeah. And you can turn it, like if you're coming from a football club, it can be directed towards football. If you're coming from a cricket club, it can be, right, and you're saying it can be interchangeable. Yeah. And the interviews, then, you can bring in interviews for in your community. I mean, we, we know from some work we've seen around role modelling recently that the greatest impact on people is when they can actually relate to it. Obviously, we've got these role models we see, yeah. you know, in, in the amazing sort of world that we live in, and they're amazing people. But actually, people need a few role models closer to home as well, people who've been in their system, in their programmes, and seen what, what it's meant for them. So... Yeah, lots of flexibility in 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 what we have, which I think it, it's definitely been appealing. Um, and it was luck rather than judgment. I liked it. I'd like to be able to use it for when we're getting more established in the larger leagues and whatnot. I'd I'd like to do it because we're in every sport. Yeah, we don't, we don't have just one sport we're covering. We're in multiple, right? Yeah. I, I even like the messages. And unless people can relate to things now and connect. It's hard to pull them away from their phone to get their attention. Yeah. So you have to make it very connective and almost intimate and and empathetic for them to at least, you know, turn away. Uh, so here's my doozy question for you, Gord. Um, if I give you a magic wand and and here's the clincher, there was no money. You didn't have to worry about money. You didn't have to worry about politics. What three things would you like to change in sports for youth right now? Yeah, I, I think we know more now than we've ever done in terms of if yeah. we're prepared to look and see what, what youth sport can look like. I mean, I, I would like to see that we acknowledge that the youth development space is not a copy and paste from the adult version. We've got yeah. to recognise there are different ways of, of, of getting there. And actually, strategies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, different strategies. And, and not just getting carried away with what the end game potentially looks like and bringing that down into how we develop a, a seven or an 11-year-old because it, it's right. not a, it's not appropriate. So I'd like to see that. I, I'd like to see better working relationships between all the different people involved in the systems because you go out, you talk to coaches who have frustrations with parents, you talk to parents who feel that they're not supported and not informed. You've got, you know, all these different people pulling in different directions. And if we're serious about developing the next generation of young people, yeah, all the key people in their lives need to be pulling in the right direction. And that needs to be consistent and 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 yeah. reinforced every everywhere they turn. So I'd like to see that. And then I just think that 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 approach of 
yes, we're doing the sport. Yes, we're going to try and be brilliant. We're going to try and achieve the best that we possibly can. But actually recognizing that it's how we win, why we're successful is the key. And if your kid's good enough anyway, then that's brilliant. They'll have the skills that will allow them to continue to go. If they're not at the level, and there's plenty of those in the world, you know, there's plenty of those who've tried everything they possibly could, couldn't have done any more and still haven't got there, that they're then able to fall back and say, yeah, but actually, gosh, I learned all of these things as I was going, and now I'm thriving as a human being in in whatever walk of life I go into. And I, I I'm think prepared. I feel yeah, prepared. Yeah, right? and I I'll put, and I and I think that's uh, it's got to be a, that has to be the message because yeah, uh, because ninety percent of all the kids who go into sports stay in some version even into the adulthood if they've been exposed to a sport they like by eight years old. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know. Less and less. Yeah. It was a Canadian stat just put out by the fitness Canada and saying that if, unless we expose children to a sport they like by even eight years old, they're, they're more likely to stay in sports to the age of 18. If they're a multi-sport athlete, your result or the why this is also what I learned from sport and remembering that that is so important. Look at all you learn leadership. You learn how to socialize. You learn how to connect. Listen to adults. Listen to authority, right? Follow rules. Be on time. All those great things, right? But also, what what you don't, what you don't, and I'm really conscious of this as well, is that I'm not one of these happy, clappy, laissez-faire people who doesn't value winning competition and want my kids to be the best. I absolutely do. But, 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 But what we've got to understand in all of that, and we're all talking about these amazing skills and people say, oh, maybe we've heard it all before. But the reality is for them to be good anyway, they need those regardless of, of of what they're doing they're going to need those building blocks anyway so we may as well buy into those and give it a much wider meaning from from day one Mm -hmm. that's i i like those three um thank you so much for being here how do people get a hold of you and your organization what's the website yeah so the website is www.parentsinsport.co.uk uh, you can find all the contact details on there. We're also across social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that's under the the handle at WWPIS. So, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out and, and chat further, then, yeah, please get in touch. It would be a wise idea in these times to reach out to uh, Gore McClellan and uh, find out how you can educate your parents and actually how we can help support our parents and, and they end up coming on your team. As a coach, it's amazing. Uh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Um, We will see you hopefully another time on the Mental Game Sports Podcast in the near future. I hope we can do another session. Yeah, thank you, Larissa. Great, great to join you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.